Welcome to Wallachia. Previously, Eugen, a carpenter who works in the village, had been talking to himself and acting strangely. Marley, from her studies at the Scholomance, a school of sorcery, deduced that Eugen had come under the influence of a spectral illusion, a malevolent spirit that was inciting him to do wicked things. She procured a book that would tell her how to make a potion curing him, but before she could, he attacked and stabbed Negushu Radu, the local landlord. Now, Eugen is about to stand trial. Negusku Nikolai will prosecute for the attempt on his father's life. Chapter 14 The Trial Imaye had offered Eon breakfast twice already. He told her he'd eaten with the castle staff, but she wouldn't listen and was in the process of plating some mamaliga and sausage for him. Kwasi's mother's strength, where cooking was concerned, was in how she combined Ethiopian and European dishes. Her attempts at regular Romanian cuisine, even mamaliga, which was just cornmeal, butter, salt, and water, were typically less successful. Eon accepted the plate along with a cup of Turkish coffee. After finishing his second breakfast, Eon told them he needed to be getting to the courthouse. The trial would be starting soon. Kwasi said he'd walk with him. Once they got out onto the street, Kwasi asked, How was he today? He was referring to Nikolay, though Eon knew Kwasi didn't actually care. His meaning was, How's the new job with your boss who you know I don't like? Spent a lot of time in his outfit. I think I picked out six different options for him before he made his choice. And how many times did he yell at you while you helped him pick out his clothes? Eon stopped, annoyed at Kwasi's quip. He didn't have to let me come down here, you know. I said I wanted to see you and then meet up with my parents before the trial, and he said it was fine. He might need me for something, but he let me come. Try to understand. His father was stabbed in the gut. Has to stay in bed all day. Nicola is expected to be in charge now, and Domno Oltianu is around all the time seeing what sort of job he's doing. This trial is the first properly official thing he's had to do, and it'll be in front of the whole town and the Judish. They spent all day yesterday going over what he's supposed to say in court. Eon started off again, picking up his pace. Kwasi caught up and said he was sorry. Eon walked a bit more, then said, I feel bad for Nay, Eugen. No one seems to care about him. He did try to kill someone. I wish you'd come to the trial. Imaye needs me to keep working. And the whole town saw what happened at the castle. I saw what happened. He pushed right past us, Father Abraham and Imaye and me, before he climbed up on that stage. You were just coming back with Marley. We were in the crowd when the panic started. So no, I don't need to go see the trial. I already know the ending. When they got to the courthouse, Eon's parents were waiting for him beside the front steps. Vlad's got us a seat inside, said his father. Buna Dimanisha, Kwasi, said his mother, wishing him a good morning. Buna, said Kwasi, kissing her cheeks. Then, well, I better get back. He kissed Eon goodbye and left. Inside the courthouse, the room was as full as it could be. The rest of the village did not share Kwasi's disinterest in seeing the proceedings firsthand. The gallery seats were all taken. Several dozen people stood along the back wall. Nikolay and his mother were seated at the front of the room. The rows behind them were reserved for their personnel and any guests they might have invited. As there were none, this space had been taken up by the castle staff and their own guests, along with Domnul Oltiana's two assistants. Vlad was there, sitting with Stefan and his parents. Vlad stood up when he saw them, then poked Stefan and told them to move over. Eon's parents shuffled to their seats. Eon took his own directly behind Nikolay. A door in the front of the room opened, and the crowd's murmur died down. Two of the judicious men brought Nia Eugen in. He looked down at the floor as he walked. Eon had the impression, watching him, that the man seemed empty. A few minutes later, the judish entered, followed by Domnu Altianu, who addressed the assembled crowd immediately. Welcome all. We come today to hear evidence against this man, Eugen A. Alexander, in the murderous assault on this Pravnik Negruskuradu on the evening of the 11th of June. Alexander, Eugen's father. 
Upon hearing his name, Eon's mother took his father's hand. Through all this, Eon hadn't thought much about Eugen's family. They'd all been friends, Eon's mother, Stefan's, and Eugen's, whose name was Monica. Nea Alexander was from a nearby village, Kampalung. When he married Tante Monica, he moved to Kumpana and became good friends with Eon's father. Nea Alexander had died when Eon was around ten, Tante Monica a few years later. Eugen had a brother and a sister who'd both died very young. He was the only one left. Domnu Ultiano continued, I would like to thank Judish Mihail for inviting me to preside today. He turned and nodded to Domnu Mihail, a large man with a ruddy face and a white beard. The Judish served as both mayor and judge for the village, working under Domnul Negescu to administer the law. He'd been in the position for Eon's entire life. This was his first murder trial, and talk around town was that he was relieved Domnul Ultianu had decided to handle it himself. As Kamakam for the Argus district, I regret that I don't get around to every village as often as I'd like. I wish I were here under better circumstances. After a few more introductory words, Domnul Ultianu invited Nikolai to come up and formally accuse Nea Eugen of the attempted murder. Nicolet stood, adjusted the French coat they'd spent so long picking out this morning, and kissed his mother. He turned and looked at the crowd, which had started to murmur. Eon started to give him a reassuring nod when he looked his way, but just then he heard Rizion's distinctive laugh from somewhere in the gallery. Nicolet snapped his gaze in the direction of the sound. His eyes narrowed for a moment, then he regained his composure, adjusted his coat again, turned and strode to the space in front of the officiant's podium. Thank you, Kamakam Ultianu, Judish Mihail. He stopped, then turned toward the crowd. He didn't have the strong voice of a professional politician like Domu Ultianu, but his words were well rehearsed and somewhat confident. I'm here this morning to see justice brought to this man, Eugen A. Alexander, for the attempt on my father's life last month. My father would be here himself to prosecute this crime were he not at home making a fast recovery. The case is simple. On that night, the 11th of June, while my father was speaking to the village in front of Castello Argish, Eugen broke through the crowd, climbed onto the stage, and did grievously assault him with a knife. Most of you were there. You saw it happen. Members of Count Dracula's Order of the Dragon were able to subdue Eugen before he caused more harm, and he has been in my custody at the castle until yesterday when he was brought here for the trial. Nikolai finished and sat down next to his mother. People in the crowd began talking. Eon thought they'd likely expected there to be more of it. He might have too, except that he'd been there for a few of Nikolai's practice sessions with Domino Ultianu. The law merely required a public accusation of the crime. In cases where this couldn't be delivered by the aggrieved party or victim, a representative could be chosen. Since Domnul Negescu was still bedridden, the duty fell to his son. Nikolai could have called witnesses or presented evidence, but with the events of the night not in question, Nikolai could rest his case. Next, Eugen would have an opportunity to speak in his defense, and then the Judish would rule. Judish Mihail called Eugen's name. The crowd quieted down and watched to see what the accused man would do. To their disappointment, he didn't move at all. His name was called again. Eugen looked up this time. Please come forward and present your defense, said Judish Mihail. He nodded to one of his guards, who approached Eugen and took his arm, helping him up, somewhat forcefully. Eugen walked to the chair beside the podium and sat down. You stand accused of violent assault against the Isprovnik. You may now speak to your own motivations, said Domnuultianu. What say you? Eugen looked up at the men sitting at the podium. They waited for him to speak. Someone in the gallery coughed, and Eugen turned to the crowd. I, he said. Do you deny attacking Domnuultianu? asked the Judish. Looking up at Eugen, Eon saw a hollow man. He seemed to have no spirit in him at all. He was sitting upright in the chair, but his shoulders were slumped. For a moment, it seemed that he wasn't going to say anything at all. Then his eyes focused on something in the gallery. Eon turned and saw Marley, sitting several rows behind him. He hadn't known she was going to come. Marley nodded, and Eon, looking back at Eugen, saw him nod in return. 
I understand that you've worked in this town as a carpenter for your whole life, said Domnu Ultianu. Often that involved work at the castle. What brought you there that night with a knife? Is there a reason you developed animosity toward Domnu Onega's crew? I, said Eugen again. It looked for a moment as if he might start speaking this time. Then he looked down at Nicolay, and his expression changed. Eon had a hard time reading the man's face. His eyes shifted. He seemed to be remembering something. Eon thought at first it was anger, then perhaps regret, before wondering if it might be pity. Then the man's gaze moved to Nicolay's mother. His eyes went wide, fear unmistakably. All the color drained from his face. He closed his eyes, then opened them again, and searched around the room for Marley. Eon looked back at her. She was smiling at Eugen, trying, he thought, to reassure him. Eon looked back up at him, but the look of fear had only grown. Have you nothing to say for yourself? Domna Ultianu spoke forcefully, almost with exasperation. You must be aware what your sentence will be. Is there nothing you can say to the court? Eugen spoke slowly, wringing his hands and looking down into his lap. I... I'm sorry. You express regret. That's good. Eugen continued as if he hadn't heard him. His voice was soft. From the second row, Eon could only just make out his words. The court fell absolutely silent. Everyone leaned in to try to hear him. I love this village. Lived here my whole life. It showed me, the monkey, those red eyes. It told me how it will be. It's all coming, and you'll invite it in. Her, them, and I think, I think that helped start it. He uses it, what I did. I'm sorry. He exhaled deeply, then sat back in his chair. Everyone behind Eon started talking, asking each other what he'd said, repeating misheard versions of Eugen's words. The Judish nodded to one of the guards who approached the chair. Eugen got up slowly and walked back down toward his seat. The presiding officers retired to a chamber behind the courtroom for perhaps two minutes before returning to announce their verdict. Judish Mihail asked everyone to rise. Then Domno Ultianu said, The events of the 11th are not in dispute. We find that this man, Eugen Alexander, did willfully and with murderous intent assault his prophet Negerskuradu, and so order that he will hang by the neck until dead. Sentence be executed tomorrow. Though expected, Eon found the news to be profoundly sad. He had hoped seeing the trial would give him some answers. He and Eugen had been together at Cornell's Privegia just three weeks ago. He seemed off then, but now he was one night from death. Eon knew that most of his fellow villagers did not share this feeling. They were relieved, almost cheerful. Serves him right, he heard. Were you there? All that blood. Poor Negruskuradu. Miracle he survived. Strong, that one. Nikolai took his midday meal in his father's bedroom, along with his mother and Domnu Ultiano and his attendants. Once the food had been served, they dismissed the staff and started telling Domnu Negruskuradu all about the trial. Downstairs, those who hadn't gone to the trial wanted a similar review. Stefan went over the details, but no one could agree on what Eugen had said on the stand. Eon was confident he'd heard it all, but wasn't in the mood to join in. Adrian hadn't gone to the trial, saying he had too much work to do in the castle, but had stayed in his office while the staff gossiped. As butler and their direct supervisor, he tended not to socialize with the staff, but Eon noticed him peeking out a few times as they'd gone over the day's events. The bell from Domnu Negusgru's bedroom rang. Eon, Stefan, and Oana got up to remove the dinnerware, but before they got to the stairs, Adrian came out of his office. Before you go, he said. Domnu Ultiano will be leaving in the morning. His men will pack up, but tell the stables. Saw him earlier, said Stefan. Petra is already getting their carriage washed. And Gina has the supper going already, said Oana. Table setting, said Adrian. Stefan nodded. We'll get to them out once we get back downstairs. They went up to the bedchamber and gathered the trays. Domnu Ultiano excused himself. As Ion was putting the last things on the cart and leaving, Nicolay said, Have someone else take that. Come with me. Eon followed Nicolay down to the entrance hall, then through the back corridor. I was hoping to go back down the hill this evening. 
After supper is finished, of course, said Ion. Unless you'll need me. Again, said Nicolay. He shook his head, then said, fine, listen. Domno Otiano has decided that we shouldn't hold the Shigani prisoners any longer. They haven't given us anything anyway, so I'm going to talk to them one more time, and then release them. Check with the guards and make sure... Ion waited for Nicolay to finish. They walked past Domno Negru's study. Ion glanced in and made a note to himself to do some dusting there. It had been vacant for three weeks. Make sure... I don't know. Make sure they have whatever they had when we brought them in. Or, I don't care. Just take care of it. Should I have a wagon take them back to their camp? Let them walk. They'd arrived at the south tower. Eon opened the door for Nicolay. They went down half a flight of stairs and out the heavy door, then turned and descended the stairs to the dungeon. Sasha was sitting at the guard desk. He stood when they came in. Nicolay walked past him and down the corridor, stopping to look in each cell. Sasha turned to Eon and said, You have their trays? Trays, asked Eon. We heard yesterday that the Kamakam had ordered their release for today. I got their effects together for them. He pointed to a few piles of clothes and assorted items on the shelf against the wall. But they haven't been fed. They haven't eaten all day? Not since breakfast yesterday. Ivan said when I relieved him that your man there, he nodded to Nikolay, who was standing in front of the cell where Eugen had been kept, said not to feed them until he'd been here to see them. Eon wondered how often Nikolay had been down to see the prisoners. When he'd taken the job as Nikolay's assistant, he'd assumed that he'd be like Vlad, who managed all of Domnu Negescu's activities throughout the day. Nikolay didn't keep Eon as close. He called him when he wanted something, but there were long stretches of the day when he kept to himself. Nikolay was walking back toward them. As he passed, the man in the middle cell said, Domnu Negescu, please, we're hungry. You're hungry, said Nikolay. I'd expect you are. He turned and looked down the corridor, rattling the bar as he said, Come open this. Sasha got the set of keys from the hook on the wall. He took them to the cell, opened the door, and stood outside. Nikolay went in. Eon remained at the guard station a distance away, but he could hear everything that was said, bouncing off the stone walls and floors. You'd like something to eat? asked Nikolay. We've done nothing, nothing at- Eon heard an unmistakable thwack sound followed by a yelp from the prisoner. Nikolay had punched him, likely in the face. Nikolay walked out of the cell. He shook his right hand, made a fist, then unclenched it. Open the next one, he said to Sasha. Sasha locked the middle cell, then opened its neighbor. Nikolay went in. Have you also done nothing? But please, sir, I don't... Don't what? One of our people was murdered. My own assistant. Attacked just outside this castle. I know you Shigani talk about everything. You think we don't know, but you're always spying on us, watching, looking for opportunities to steal when we're not looking. Someone must have talked. They... They said it was Prikulich, said the man in the cell nearest the guard station. Open that one, said Nikolay. After Sasha had done so, Nikolay walked to its entrance, then told him, and watched the other two. Turning to the prisoner in the cell, Nikolay said, Prikulich, who said it was a werewolf? Eon remembered from his visit last week with Marley how thin the man had been. Just what people are saying, he had claw marks on his back, and it was a full moon. Who was saying? We've, you've already asked us all this. The guards, too. Nikolay was not a tall man, and he slouched. Now, Eon saw him stand fully upright. There was a threatening power in the young man's thin frame. He raised a hand and took a half-step toward the cell door. The man inside quickly said, Everyone was saying it. They're scared. They think a prequelich is loose, and he'll attack again next week on the full moon. And there are no rumors? No one knows who this might be? Someone new to town? To your camp? He took another step to the cell's doorway. The man shrieked, then said, The carpenter. They were saying, before he, well, with your father, they were saying he was acting funny leading up to the full moon. Talking to himself. Acting mad. The carpenter, said Nikolay. He laughed. Oh, that would be convenient, wouldn't it? It would all be over tomorrow, then, when we hang him. The man in the cell made a gulping noise. Nikolay turned and walked back into the corridor. He took a few strides, passing by the second cell, then the third. 
Then, pacing by each as he spoke, he said, I have another idea. If you don't know who this werewolf is, maybe it would help for you to go back to your camp. Full moon's next week. Maybe you'll get a glimpse of him then. Of course, my father doesn't believe in werewolves. Maybe he's right and you'll be fine. He laughed again. Or maybe not. He walked back to the guard station and said to Eon, with a wicked smile on his face, Time to go. Then, without turning, shouted to Sasha, Give them their things back and point them in the direction of their hovels. And don't lose sight of them until they're off my mountain. As it was Dom Nualtianu's last night, supper was formal. The staff wore livery. Eon told Stefan he was feeling a bit ill and asked him to do the table service along with Vlad. He helped take the meal upstairs and poured the wine, but then left as soon as he could. Once the last course had been served, he told Gina that Stefan would be finishing up the service. On his way out of the kitchen, he kicked over a dish of scraps that was lying on the floor and cursed. Sorry about that, said Gina. That's Voivode Negrus. Funny, he's usually cleaned it out by now. She was referring to one of the cats that lived in the castle. His name came from his black coat and bossy attitude. They weren't strictly pets, but they kept the rat population in check. The kitchen staff had an uneasy alliance with them. If left to themselves, the cats got into their food stores, but since the rats were worse, the staff had eventually surrendered and now left them plates of food. Vlad had come in to get another bottle of wine, just as Gina was mentioning the cat. Oh, he's probably upstairs. Domnu Negusgru put out some milk for him earlier, said he liked the company since he's stuck up there in bed. Jan looked down at his trousers, which now had the contents of Voivode Negru's dinner splattered on them. Oana saw his expression and said, Leave him here on your way out. I'll do some scrubbing for you. He thanked her, went upstairs to change, dropped his livery off back in the common room, and headed outside. It was just getting dark. When he got to the top of the road, he stopped, then turned. He hadn't taken the stairs since the morning they'd found Cornell. Taking a deep breath, he decided it was time, made his way to the staircase. He wondered, could Eugen really be the werewolf? Marley and Father Abraham seemed sure there was no such thing. The prisoner had been making it up, hoping it would be what Nicolay had wanted to hear. He thought about Nea Eugen as he walked down the stairs. He'd been so still during his trial. Eon had intended to go see Kwasi before going to bed at his own parents' house, but instead, he turned toward the town square. Marley was sitting in one of the chairs in front of the bakery peeling potatoes when he arrived. She smiled and said, You're just in time, pull up a chair. She adjusted the bucket of potatoes so that he'd be able to reach it, and handed him her knife. Dora, bring me another knife, please. Nicolay sighed and sat down. Oh, I'm sorry, said Marley. Is this beneath you, now that your assistant to the acting is Provenik? And how is our friend Nicolay? Eon didn't respond. He picked up a potato and started working on it. Dora came out and gave Marley a spare knife. She greeted Eon, then went back inside. After he'd done a few potatoes, Eon set his knife down and said, Marley, I thought... She saw that he was upset. What is it? You were at the trial today. Yes. Nea, you, Jim. The way he... Well, he just sat there. He... He... We knew it was happening, but they're hanging him tomorrow. They are. I thought we were curing him, with your book. We were. We did, Eon. We did cure him. What was it, Marley? What did he have? What was that potion you gave him? His... Marley seemed to be searching for the right words. His mind was sick, Eon. He was addled. You saw him before. He was strange, yes. Talked to himself. Do you remember him being that way in years past? I don't know. I don't know him very well. Just sort of saw him around town and at the castle sometimes. I played with his brother sometimes when we were little, but then he died. I barely remember it, except everyone being sad. Well, he wasn't always that way. His humors were imbalanced, and it affected his mind. He started seeing things, having delusions. He was going mad. That's what made him attack Adamuel Negusgru. His head wasn't right. How did you know this, Marley? It was in one of Father Abraham's books. I told you that. But why the secrets? Why didn't we just ask him for the book? And why did we have to sneak in and take it? 
Eon gave her a minute, but Marley didn't respond. He threw his knife into the bucket and stood up. Cacat, Marley. He'll be hanging tomorrow. At least tell me we helped him. We did, Eon. We did help him. We did. The medicine cured his delusions. But he still stabbed Omnodegascru. We can't cure that. But you're not telling me everything. Why? What's the secret? What was he talking about today? I can't tell you, Eon. I just can't. I'm sorry. Da, well, so is Eugen. He turned and walked away. Minutes later, he knocked on Kwasi's door. Kwasi met him in the doorway and took him in his arms and held him while he cried. Thank you for listening. An announcement, we've now caught up to the most recent chapter of the book. This means, unfortunately, the audiobook schedule is going to become a tad erratic. I'm hard at work right now on a new version of the Wallachia app, and that means taking a break from writing. The programming's coming along well, but it'll definitely be more than two weeks before I can have a new episode ready to record. The upside is, once I get back on schedule, the new audiobooks will be coming out at the same time as the new chapters, so everyone will be in sync. Not a lot of notes about this particular chapter. Judish was, quoting from Wikipedia, an office with administrative and judicial functions corresponding to both judge and mayor. The word is etymologically rooted in Latin judicium. Otherwise, I'm mostly making up how the legal system worked, though it's based on some reading I've done about the era. The general idea is that it's a form of law, but not as refined as what we might have now. Again, thank you for listening. Stay tuned to Wallachianet on Twitter. You can also follow live underscore Dracula on Twitter if you want a regular vampire fix.